welcome back everyone to yet another edition of Going for Two, presented by Home Field Apparel. This is the official podcast, of course, of the Extra Points newsletter. I am the publisher of said newsletter and your host for today, Matt Brown. Uh, I am uh, posted up here from the Brown family compound in uh, cold, rainy, morose Chicago. And I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Brian Fisher, who is a real jerk posting up here from spring meetings in decidedly not Chicago. Brian, I'm excited for you. I'm happy to see you, but also go to hell. Uh, well, you know, you would say that, but it's 90 degrees here and I am burning up. But uh, we will try to make it through this podcast and hopefully my laptop here will not uh, overheat. But uh, it's, it's good to see you and uh, good to be out here at spring meetings. It's uh, it's fun to see a lot of a lot of names and faces. And, uh, you know, especially uh, given the last two years, I haven't seen a lot of folks, but uh, in person at least. But uh, it's great to see them. Great to catch up and great to uh, uh, learn what's what's going on in the industry, because I think everybody's uh, both, both getting gray hairs and uh, pulling them out at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. We got a chance to see some people at the NCAA convention. We got a chance to see some people at the SBJ thing uh, in Vegas a little bit earlier. This is this is different. Um, why don't you why don't you tell us what's going on? Because this is not an event that I think is part of the common count off season calendar for a lot of sports fans. What's going on in Phoenix right now? Yeah, you know, essentially, like, uh, if if you're pretty much uh, a lot of the conferences, you know, will, will have kind of their their spring meetings, they will have, you know, fall meetings, uh, spring meetings, sometimes they'll, they'll be in conjunction with basketball tournaments, uh, with, with football games, whatnot. And um, obviously, this has been a, a kind of a regular on the college athletics calendar for, for a long time at this, this kind of early May type of year, um, you know, people would come down here, meet with bowl partners, uh, meet with TV partners, uh, you know, really uh, get together with uh, a lot of their athletics cohorts, um, you know, not just athletic directors, but you're talking about faculty athletic reps and, uh, you know, kind of others connected to the athletic department to kind of get, get on the same page really is, is the, the biggest thing, you know, especially now, uh, you know, given, given kind of the zoom fatigue, a lot of folks, you know, want to, want to see each other in person, uh, discuss a lot of the hot button issues that, uh, are certainly at play here in the NCA. And, um, you know, it, it's great to catch up with, with a lot of them as they kind of get, uh, get into meetings mode and, uh, hopefully kind of chart the course for not only their other conferences, but uh, the NCA as well. So there's, uh, you know, I, I would say roughly about 300 or so uh, administrators and bowl reps and media members and all that uh, kind of around in and around Phoenix, um, you know, meeting uh, you know, inside, outside and, and whatnot. And uh, it's, it's going to be uh, very interesting, I, I guess, uh, to, to see what uh, what kind of the, the tone of things is uh, coming out of these these meetings. If, if you're a bowl rep going to one of these things, do you still have to wear the ridiculous colored blazer when it's 90 <laughs> degrees? Do they give you like the pastel polo shirt instead? Like what's what's the what's the dress code for? off-season bull rep. Well, I, I have not uh, I have not seen uh, necessarily any of the, the jackets that you refer to, but a lot of polos, a lot of branded polos, uh, coaches, uh, ads, uh, the like. That that is kind of the the mo is uh, wearing some some branded polos. That's that's for sure. But uh, yeah, you know, it, 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 it makes it, it easier it, to figure out who everybody is by, by checking the logo, right? Oh, it, it, it's a, a tremendous help, especially, you know, as we're, we're used to kind of like, is, is that, is that so-and-so? Man, they look like they lost a lot of weight or, you know, hey, then looking a little thin. All right. All right. Uh, but yeah, I know it's, it's, uh, it's fun to see everybody. And, uh, you know, it is, uh, you know, rare that you can get enough people you know, kind of in place and, uh, and happy to be there. But uh, for a lot of folks, especially from the Midwest where you're from, uh, we just ran into John Steinbrecher, the, the Mac commissioner. And uh, he was like, yeah, I'm definitely enjoying the temperatures here than uh, compared to back home. Yeah, I'm, I bet. You know, on the off chance that anyone listening to this is one of the companies that makes the bowl blazers or is somehow involved in that supply chain, my email is Matt 
matt at extrapointsmb.com. Not only do I want to talk to you, I'm willing to pay an irresponsible amount of money to get going for two blazers made. I would wear one of those over my home field shirt every single time. I'll do the ad read in a second, Connor. But but before before we, we get into that. Well, I you know, it's, it's funny because yeah. the Fiesta Bowl is, is kind of the plays quasi host. You know, this, this was, yeah. you know, originally back in the day. Uh, I'm sure uh, fans of, of scandals in, in college athletics, you'll remember the Fiesta Frolic. Uh, this is kind of the the much, much nicer and, and much and, and rebooted uh, version of that. And, uh, you know, there's, there's still some golf outings, you know, from, from coaches. I ran into a few that were, were carrying their clubs out to the course uh, earlier this morning. But, uh, you know, I, I think for the most part, uh, you mentioned the Fiesta Bowl. I, I, I might be able to hook us up. We'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll make some. I'll make some calls. I'll uh, I'll make some uh, some send some text and uh, hopefully into some folks. We will get on to that for sure. We will. I want to. I want to throw in a note to the Fiesta Frolic in the show notes if you are unfamiliar with those scandals. So I'm guessing they're not just letting you and our reporter colleagues in on the boardroom where they're talking with everything here. I've seen some of the other stories that have come out from these meetings. I, I guess we we can start here with this. Have you heard anything else? Uh, new about the Big Ten's uh, media rights and, and new new television deals. Seems like there was some reporting from CBS, some other places today. The conference is hoping to have this wrapped up by Memorial Day, which is something you and I had talked about before. Seen a couple other numbers thrown out. Have you heard anything new? I, I think they're still in a, in a, in a process. And, and obviously, this is a, a good time for the ADs in, in, in the Big Ten to kind of get updated on a, on a lot of those negotiations. You know, there's certainly some, uh, a few minor sticking points and, and things that they want clarity on. And so I think this is uh, kind of the purpose of these meetings. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think for the most part, we understand that Fox is, is obviously, as we talked about before, and as we've reported, uh, part of the deal going forward. And, and really, it's just kind of, who is that next partner? Uh, and, and, and it could be partners. You know, I, I don't think that's completely... Uh, set in stone in terms of how many other parts of this package they're selling off. I know, um, you know, Kevin Warren has, has discussed, you know, Amazon and Apple are at the table. They've made their pitches and they're, they're part of the, the negotiations as well. So I don't think it, anything is, is completely set at this point, but uh, I think they are anticipating things getting wrapped up in the next couple of weeks. And look, I, I know there's, you know, you mentioned some of the reports uh, about a billion dollars thrown around. I think everybody understands those are kind of the, the expectations that uh, this is going to be the biggest media rights deal in, in college athletics history. History. And um, you know, I think the Big Ten understands that uh, not only when they, they put that number out there, um, they, they, they understand that uh, this is a, a big time deal for their athletic departments in terms of you know, funding things like, you know, full cost of attendance scholarships for baseball and, and, and uh, some of the other kind of changing uh, NCA rules that, that are out there that uh, could could make that useful, that money quite useful. Un, un, uh, unquestionably. I, I think, I mean, honestly, if, we're, if the Navigate projections were, were more accurate, a billion dollars might be on the low end. Like a billion dollars, I think, is like, you know, around 70-ish something a year. I guess maybe if you average the the high 50s at the beginning of the deal and the 90s at the end of the deal, maybe you're, you're getting into the 70s. But um yeah, like like a billion, billion one, a billion two. That that seems like well, legitimately on the table. Well, I think, and one of the points up for a discussion is just kind of the, the length of things. You know, how, how long is this deal really going to be? Um, you know, are they going to stagger parts of the deal? You know, between Fox and maybe some of their other partners, to where you know Fox could have a, a longer uh, kind of kind of deal with the conference as well, and then you have multiple shorter ones, so you can go back to the well, uh, so to speak, to where you know maybe maybe in Netflix they're not at the table now, but uh, perhaps you know in four or five years they are back in the in the negotiations with uh, with a league like the Big Ten. And you also got to keep in mind, look, um, you know CFP meetings were last week. Um, a lot of the commissioners have been mulling around here as well, and, and they were obviously involved in, in those, but. But um, uh, the, the CFP discussion and, and expansion and meeting component of that 
uh, is still to, to be determined. And I think that's uh, kind of out there as well as, is, is that going to soak up some, some of the uh, material and, and money in the, in the marketplace? And uh, how, how do the conferences kind of uh, trail off from that? So I think maybe down the road, um, you know, the Big Ten could look at, say, hey, maybe we'll do a short-term deal so we know uh, kind of what that CFP structure is. We can kind of move forward from there. Uh, with our second media partner and uh, maybe get a, a second bite at the apple, um, you know, come come playoff expansion time. But I think those are, uh, you know, a lot of discussions that have been had. And, and obviously, no, a lot of people are not uh, not saying too much in terms of uh, what the ultimate numbers are and, and what the ultimate uh, length of these deals are. Sure. I, I mean, honestly, I, really, other than the American Athletics deal a couple of years ago, the, the industry standard for a lot of these contracts really has been much shorter. The, the WAC and the Big Sky. Um, I, I want to say are four or five year deals like the Big Ten's last deal was only a five year deal. And given how volatile consumer behavior is and, and quite frankly, how quickly streaming's changing, I'd be kind of surprised if this was more than like a six year deal just because who knows what Apple is going to be in six years. You know, who knows uh, which of these 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 streaming services are still going to be in existence? I mean, Netflix is maybe not as not as much of a giant now as they looked two years ago. I mean, you, I, I've seen some industry analysts say we, we probably even really shouldn't say Fang anymore because the N in the Fang for Netflix isn't really appear to Facebook, Amazon, or, or, or Google anymore or, or, or Apple. So who knows? A 12-year deal to get a very big number in the headline, that sounds like uh, that would be surprising to me. Maybe you've heard differently, but that would be surprising. Well, I mean, you mentioned the AAC. I think it was a big thing for them you know, back in the day that they kind of went a few extra years probably than they should have because they wanted to kind of hit that 1 billion mark, you know, right? Oh, yeah, that was very important to get that in the headline. And there's a lot of discussion, I think, in terms of LinkedIn. And look, you know, you mentioned kind of the the unknown future, right? You know, uh, of that thing, you know, Facebook has poured a lot of resources into the quote-unquote metaverse, right? Maybe maybe you want to do a separate deal uh, down the road for, you know, streaming these games in virtual reality or some crazy things like that. So you you never know. And so I think there's, there's a lot of options on the table. And I think flexibility... Uh, it has been key for, for a lot of uh, TV partners, media companies, the links themselves. Look, you're, you're, you're doing data deals. You're doing like nine different things, uh, you know, tangentially related to the actual games themselves. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of negotiations going on. And uh, I don't know if anybody uh, knows the future of, of college athletics uh, in the next six months to, to a year, much less what it's going to be like from the media landscape perspective uh, five or six years from now. Man, the idea... As soon as you said broadcasting college football games of virtual reality and like the metaverse, like something visceral in my body just kind of twitched. It's like, what if we, what if we can get Iowa football and JPEG monkeys together on the blockchain? Like, man, just kill me now. Just put put me on another beat because I don't I don't want to be a part of that. Which is, of course where this may be going. So you have had a chance to talk to, I think, a couple of commissioners. You've been talking with other reporters. You've been out there. What are, what are some of the other things that you've been hearing uh, out in Phoenix that maybe I haven't seen because I've been on the phone and looking at Twitter like a stupid person um, today? Well, you know, it, it is a lot of the stuff that uh, you're, you're ended up reading or following along on Twitter. And, and look, I think the uncertainty aspect of, of things and the rate of change, you know, I think that has been a big discussion, not only at, the, at these meetings, but I think in, in general uh, across the industry is just, um, you know, administrators trying to catch their feet uh, at the latest change and, and understanding, hey, there's another one right around the corner. And uh, I think dealing with that, processing that, getting a plan in place. I mean, you talk with, you know, ADs in terms of how their approach has shifted on things like NIL. You know, you know it, it could be a change from week to week. 
you know, much less from six months to a year. And, and you got to keep in mind, these are enterprises that are used to doing things far, far in advance where you're planning out every little detail that you, you possibly can think of, uh, you know, to down the road. And so I think that that has been, um, you know, a, a unique challenge, uh, you know, it's something that uh, does keep uh, folks up at night. And, you know, on top of that, you're, you're dealing with uh, so many different uh, aspects of just the day-to-day running of, of your business, you know, coaching contract extensions and, and crazy things that are, that are happening, uh, you know, at your local campus level too. So um, it, it, it's, it's a lot of change and, and a lot of folks that uh, are, are truthfully uh, looking forward to some vacations down the road. That's for sure. Yeah. I, th- this is a, uh, something that we and I have talked about several times over the past couple of months and in some of the phone convert text conversations I've been having over the last 72 hours, the idea of uh, a brain drain or additional exit of coaching and administrative and just business talent um, perhaps coming this summer is a concern that's been raised to me more and more, uh, especially with like you already weren't getting paid what you what you should have been. Your hours are already stupid. And NIL, what you had to deal with last summer was a challenge. And now with how it seems to have really uh, kind of grown this year into the maybe the most ridiculous labor market in all of sports, like domestic or international, I get why somebody would say, you know what? Maybe I'll just sell cell phones, or or, or, or maybe maybe I'll do something completely different. Uh, maybe I, that's I, a good I don't thing know quite about that, thing. but I, I I did see Bob Bullsbane. He he looks quite relaxed, uh, knowing <laughs> that uh, the future future out there is, is a few more vacations like uh, the one he just had. So. No, I sh- sure. So I, I know that one one of the um th- this I think broke. You may not even seen it yet. Just a a little bit before we started chatting, the Ross Dellinger at, at Sports Illustrated was just reporting that uh, from talking to people out here that uh, there's a belief that the NCAA is going to issue new guidance about collectives and what's appropriate for transfers and what's what engagement level is appropriate for recruits and maybe trying to put a little bit of this toothpaste back in the tube. Is that something that you've been hearing uh, from out there or an appetite for actually trying to enforce some rules? Yeah, I think a lot of the ADs were kind of getting updated in terms of what some of these rules ultimately were going to be. Um, and, and obviously, there's there's a draft memo, if you will, I guess, kind of circulating out there as well that uh, a lot of folks have either had input on or, or kind of discussed uh, in person at, at a lot of these meetings. And, you know, look, I think it's something that everybody kind of wants. They, they want these kind of guardrails. But I also got a lot of skepticism in terms of, like, how how are we supposed to monitor this? You know, you, you know, they're already the NCAA, you know, wants us to monitor things like phone calls and when we're contacting recruits. And, like, now we're adding another step in terms of, you know, NIL kind of compliance. Um, you know, that, that's just, uh, I think, for from the micro level in terms of dealing with things on a day to day, there is some concern over, you know, really how, how are we going to be responsible for, for these boosters right now? Um, you know, that we're supposed to kind of keep at arm's length either because of our state laws or because of uh, you know, kind of the NCAA guidelines that, that are put out on there on NL. And now you're saying we, we actually got to monitor that and monitor what they're doing. Um, you know, it, it's a sticky world. And I think navigating kind of those gray areas uh, where, where you, you do want to make sure that you know, those student athletes have the opportunities and, and you do have um, making sure that they are getting kind of the most money and, and most bang for their buck uh, when, when they have some of these marketing opportunities or, you know, they're doing these, these social media promotions, you know, Everybody understands that's great for the athletes, but at the same time, it's it's, it's a big challenge for, for a lot of these schools. I understand skepticism about being able to enforce anything generally just because I don't think either of us have ever had a chance to see what any kind of efficient 
enforcement mechanism for literally anything looks like. Like we still haven't had total resolution for this, the FBI stuff, which I mean, one, when you actually did have somebody with subpoena power to collect evidence, it's like that should have gone by sooner. And then two, it also seems a little bit silly to get extremely angry about a lot of this, given that now much of that exact activity is, is legal or or, or, or or something very similar to it, or at least if not legal, definitely happening everywhere else. But on the other hand, I, I also, I don't think there's a single person outside of maybe the most ideologically motivated commentator who looks at what we have right now and thinks this is everything that's happening now is good. I'm, I'm enthusiastically signing off on this. Like I, I suspect I speak for several fans and, and I, based on the feedback I got in my post here today, a lot of reporters and administrators and that I want people to be paid. I am pro NIL. I, I, Matt Brown, really believed the previous status quo was exploitive to athletes. And what has happened over the last couple of months, I think, is also exploitive and has real potential dangerous implications for a lot of systems long term. Bet, you know, get, throwing $800,000 on somebody who is not even a, like a, a third team all conference player, um, but only if they hit the portal. And not really, uh, you know, not having any kind of contract security. I don't see how that's 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 good for anybody. Places that have really liberalized uh, labor markets still have some uh, constraints, some barriers, some structure that is completely absent in this world right now. Yeah, and I think a lot of folks are understanding that uh, we we might move quickly to a, a place where there is that kind of collective bargaining where students are treated as employees. Like that had been a previous like third rail, but I, I do get the sense that that is those kind of discussions are, are being had and people are a little bit more receptive to that than they were four or five years ago. And, uh, you know, it used to be uh, really a, a line in the sand. You know, we, we were not going to go near there. Now, I, I think there is a little bit of uh, looking towards saying, hey, maybe that is the kind of solution to our problems. It's, it's something along those lines. It, it's funny. I, I don't think that the change has been – it's not just dramatic over the last four or five years. I think it's been dramatic – not just over the last four or five months, but honest to God, over the last four or five weeks, particularly, I think, among other reporters, people that may have been much more squeamish about the idea of formalizing athletes as employees or like really shoveling dirt on the last vestiges of the previous system to now realizing, well, this is the only mechanism to stabilize any of this, to enforce a one year contract um, or to 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 have financial predictability or, or any of these other structures. Right. Like in soccer, which is I know that the sport that you, that you follow much more closely um the idea of contract length as i understand it can be pretty uh fungible uh, or, or not that's not the right word but uh flexible right but if uh, i am a second division team in manaus and a, a, you know corinthians in brazil decides to buy you know grab my player i get i have to give them a, a like, there's a transfer fee and it, it manaus may benefit by getting money by selling these players off to the bigger schools um Maybe that's a world kind of where things end up happening in college athletics. And maybe that's like how the Lafayettes and the St. Peter's and the Montana States end up like financing some of their program is forcing collectives to like cut them a check. Uh, I don't know. Like that would have been unthinkable two years ago. I think it's definitely thinkable now. We'll see. You know, I think that the, the thing is that I, I, I do get the sense that 
maybe some more outside the box thinking is, is coming to college athletics, which is you know certainly a, a welcome departure from you know a lot of the the insular type of thinkings that kind of led us to a lot of these moments. I mean, uh, look, there was you know certainly a lot of discussions around uh, Mark Emmert's departure and, and what that kind of means, and uh, there's some some hope that uh, it, it'll bring in some some new fresh ideas. And um, you know, there's there's definitely some concern from I think smaller schools more more so than say the the Power Five that are kind of pretty pretty set in terms of, of where they're going and, and how they can. Uh, you know, make rules and stuff. But uh, if you're a smaller school, you know, maybe, maybe that is something you, you put forward and, and put on the table because what do you got to lose, you know, at this point? And I think for the most part, the, the biggest frustration really, and, and it's, it's even more so for the coaches dealing with this, right? Um, it, it's not just that NIL is, is present in recruiting. It's like a lot of the rumors and stuff that, that have come out that they have to kind of combat you know, it's like my, my, uh, you know, an AD might say my president, you know, is getting a call from so-and-so about, you know, hearing about this $3 million, like, you know, that dealing with some of the, the unknown because there's no transparency, um, you know, I think is, is another kind of sense of frustration too. Um, you know, you just don't, you really don't know what the landscape is. You don't know what the market is because there's not really the transparency that there used to be. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where it ends up going, but uh, it's definitely, uh, definitely led to a few gray hairs. I, I can say that much. That is a good point. Uh, and it's, it's something that, you know, I, I was thinking about this earlier today, right? The, the, the pit wide receiver rumor is that it's USC for $3 million, right? And I'm trying to think of like where that came from, because I, I, I saw Colin Cowherd mentioned something and uh, Colin, I'm sorry for listening to this, but like he would have no freaking idea because he doesn't follow college football and is not sort it's the same thing whenever Dan Patrick show whatever say anything about the Big Ten. Like this program does not know anything. Uh, this is not their world, right? They are trafficking in Twitter. Um, and then you'd see somebody else, like you know, some guy with a thousand followers, kind of make it 10% more exaggerated and that would kind of catch on. It was almost like watching a viral Bill Brasky kind of bit for this. And like, I'm sure that there was there were cash considerations um, from, from USC that, that were involved here, but... I, I, I think there is a difference between some of the numbers that are commonly thrown out in social media or laundered to like fourth tier blog websites and what's actually in these contracts. Like I think that there's are some really big numbers out there, but whether it was Texas A&M has somehow amassed an NIL the size of Granada uh, or, you know, two, three million dollars for some of these things. I don't think they're well sourced enough for me to feel comfortable saying this is definitely happening, you know? Well, there, there's a lot, you know, I was uh, talking with somebody about this uh, about an hour ago, just like saying, you know, look, that, that rumor that used to be confined to a message board is now going on Twitter and now it's going on a national radio show and nobody has any idea really, you know, what the thing is. And I think the, the figures being thrown out for a lot of these deals, um, you know, unless it's, it's being announced, you know, like in, in, in the case of like Miami or some of the actual marketing NIL deals, um, you know, there, there's a lot of, of rumor and in, 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 innuendo and stuff about uh, the size of these things. And I think it, honestly, the, the market itself, is a lot smaller. I mean, this is something that, that you personally have, have experienced, right? In terms of paying some of the, the Olympic sport athletes, uh, you know, those deals are, are not that much. And I think that a lot of colleges understand that. And while, yeah, some five-star recruit in, in football might be getting, uh, you know, over that, uh, you know, past that six-figure mark, for the most part, even the backup offense alignment and some of those other, they are not getting the kind of kind of numbers that are getting thrown out. Are they getting something? Yeah, I, I think that they are. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, this is not uh, – 
this is not the SMU type of uh, payroll that a lot of these schools are, are trying to meet in terms of uh, some of the commitments uh, that uh, these these collectives and, and uh, directives have, have been uh, promising uh, for, for a lot of these recruits. If you read that book, A Payroll to Me, by the way, which I did, it's it's excellent. Just a reminder that even in those teams, not all the good players are getting paid. Craig James was stupid. He played for free. He was just like, I, w- I wanted to go play at SMU. That That's a thing. And some of the numbers I heard, even from about, like the Bagman world, were not 300000 for everybody. Um, you know what is properly sourced and what is a good value for your money, unlike some of these reported deals here for uh, very unproven athletes throughout the system, would be the apparel from our friends at Home Field Apparel, the finest purveyor of officially licensed vintage collegiate apparel. Uh, Brian, is, because he's at a professional function is dressed like a professional. I am uh, stuck in my basement and daycare is closed again. So I am wearing my smoking uh, Sebastian the Ibis. Oh, he's not smoking. He, he, he would have been smoking, but the, the license took the pipe out of his mouth. The, the Ibis, right? Our friends at Home Field are currently refreshing some of their designs before the begin beginning of, of Big New Saturday Season 4. Um, you might have seen this already. For my money, the most internet of all of the shirts, all of the designs is the existentially depressed Yukon Husky. It's the Husky that like me, hasn't seen the sun in 40 days and his body is screaming for vitamin D so he doesn't walk out in front of a truck. You've seen the you've seen the, the, the Husky, it's in the show notes. There's a big old sticker on the back of my laptop. Well, not only do they have another sticker of uh, a Husky that it looks like it's about to pounce on somebody. Uh, there's also an anthropo- anthropomorphic Husky, which has a gun. Um, and as much as we love mascots doing sports on this podcast and throughout the D1 Ticker Extended Universe, I, I do want to speak for my boss and speak for my colleagues and say we endorse even further ath- uh, animals with firearms. If you have a, uh, or maybe a bow and arrow or, or some other kind of projectile system, if you have something like that from the 30s or 40s, please share it with us. Um, because we endorse it, like we do the uh, the the Revolution Husky, uh, like we do with some of the other new refreshes here with Maryland and Colorado and Alabama. Um, I don't think I'm supposed to share this with you guys, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. Uh, watch for the Colorado School Mines. There might be another Colorado School Mines shirt coming up in, in the near future. Uh, another school that you and I have thoroughly endorsed. So if you want to make sure that you are cool, like all the other cool people on the internet, you should uh, buy all this stuff, outfit your your laptops, your upper body, your lower body, um, all of your body with home field. When I, I, when I wear home field top and a home field bottom, I call that the Indiana tuxedo. Extremely comfortable work from home apparel. You can get that at homefieldapparel.com and use promo code extra points to save 15% off your first order in the unlikely event that you haven't bought something from them yet. Uh, I think most of you have. And then also, also, on the off chance that you are listening to this and thinking, I'm, why does the School of Mines have their stuff on here for all these internet nerds and my school doesn't? Fairfield is going to have their stuff on Homefield very soon. And I know I have a lot of people here who listen to the show that work for schools that are rivals of Fairfield. Why would you let Fairfield have the fun here and 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 you miss out on this, the 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 potential, not just sponsorship revenues, but, but adoration from the college sports internet at large. If you want to get your stuff on Homefield, shoot me a note. I'm at matt at extrapointsmb.com. I'll get you introduction with Homefield CEO and we'll see if there's a way to make that happen. Um this uh, yeah, I don't I don't really know what to think about a lot of this coverage. 
I I don't know if there's going to be a way to put any of this back in the tube. I don't know if there's a way to meaningfully go after any of these collectives without being sued, especially because so many of them are run by lawyers who I think are specifically trying to get into a lawsuit fight with the NCAA. But I, I am anxiously awaiting what that new memo and that new guidance is going to be. Lord knows there's a lot of people looking for more structure from Indianapolis on this. Uh, have you heard anything else unrelated to NIL, unrelated to media news, anything else uh, out there in Arizona that you think our listenership should be made aware of right now? Oh, you know, it, it, it's uh, there's a lot of conversations I, I can't probably uh, relay here on the podcast. But, um, you know, I, you know, I think the the growing, I think, anxiety over over the future uh, has certainly been palpable. And I think for the most part, everybody's still committed to like doing right by their athletes, you know, and, and really moving forward and uh, in, in, in as quickly a manner that uh, helps their, their schools. You know, obviously some are taking advantage of this, this kind of gray area and this great time. But I think there's some some understanding and at least some hope, you know, really that uh, kind of down the road, things will at least slow down. And uh, that, that to me, more than anything, has been uh, you know, one of the bigger things uh, coming out of these meetings. Look, there's tons of discussion on, on NCA issues like there's officiating like you know I, again I, I think for the folks that uh, do not uh, understand these these type of committee me or these uh, these spring meetings is a lot of it's just kind of the nitty-gritty for what's going on in your conference you know how, how are how's your officiating program you know how do you, how are you getting better on, on that there's a lot of especially among the coaches you know discussions about some of the new rules that are coming into place um, you obviously got uh, you know have basketball coaches here that are uh, obviously their season just kind of wrapped up you know, what, what kind of changes are they looking to make what kind of changes are on the horizon for things like uh, you know, there's been talk about reinstitu- reinstituting things like the NCAA Basketball Academy. I know uh, I've talked with a few committee members, you know, look, they, there's been transformation committee assignments kind of passed out uh, amongst people in terms of portal window opening dates and, and closing dates and, and uh, kind of bringing some sense to uh, the, the chaos that is the transfer portal. So um, I think everybody is understanding that uh, there, there's a lot of work uh, left to be done, but uh, I think that hopefully at the athletics enterprise itself is going to be in a, in a better place uh, than it started. And uh, I think for, for us, for athletes, for ADs, for, for everybody kind of in, involved. I will say this. I, I don't know if this has been your experience in your interactions the past couple of days, but I talked to a couple of commissioners leading up to uh, the two stories that I've published this week. And I asked them about their experience with the Transformation Committee. And their, their feedback I've got has been uniformly positive in that, hey, we love what Julie and Greg are doing with keeping us in the loop. We don't feel like any of these things are a surprise. When we saw Ross's story about potentially uh, allowing for unlimited coaches or removing scholarship maximums for other sports, these things were not a surprise. These were things that we had been talking about. And, and you know, there'll, there'll be, there's a process for us to submit formal feedback, but we're not feeling blindsided and we feel good about the way this this direction, everything is going. And I'm like, oh, well, that's at least positive. Has, has that been your experience from talking to people too? Yeah, I don't think there's any massive surprises. I mean, look, you, you got to understand, like a lot of these conferences are either have a, a member on their, their committees and, and the 80s meet or speak, you know, quite regularly. Uh, obviously, the conference commissioners, uh, you know, just got back from, from CFP where there are a lot of, you know, general discussions. Uh, you know, there's the, just kind of the CCA group, which includes even more commissioners not even connected to the college football playoff that, that met recently. And so, um, you know, the, the industry discussions are 
always happening. They're they're all they're they're almost on on a continuous basis. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I ran into uh, an AD this 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 morning that was was on one of those committee calls, and so uh, you know, and, and he ended up you know obviously uh, kind of relaying a lot of those messages to uh, you know some of his peers in, in his conference. So uh, it, it's unique, um, certainly in terms of the, the time and, and the discussions. But for the most part, there has not been you know just this massive like oh I, I didn't expect that because I think you there were enough breadcrumbs or there's at least enough discussions. To where you might have had uh, you know a couple weeks' notice at least, and I, I mean something like uh, you know full full uh, scholarship costs for you know sports like baseball and, and uh, taking those uh, you know kind of coaching limits off. You know, I mean th- those things have been discussed for for well before uh, you know the the pandemic. I mean that's something that Greg Sankey in particular was was pushing for uh, you know several years uh, prior to this kind of moment. So uh, I don't think anybody's really surprised at that. Um, I think there's uh, maybe some more discussions being had about. Ultimately, how how are some of these schools going to pay for that? You know that that is that is probably the more pressing thing, especially on a local campus level. But uh, I, I think for the most part, the the transformation committee has been fairly transparent on on, on a lot of things. And um, you know, I think more than anything, it was probably the, the lower level schools. You know, those that uh, uh, you know maybe are uh, one one AAA uh, type uh, probably probably got a little bit less warning than I think the, the folks at the Power Five level. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine any, anybody at Alabama is going to be surprised about anything, but. The initial feedback, particularly about the scholarship angle that I've heard from talking to some people in the one AAA world is, you know, we're preparing for that. We're obviously not going to be able to offer unlimited scholarships for every single one of our sports. Could we as a conference decide to do that for one or two? Yeah. Like. It's particularly for baseball, right, where you have some one AAA leagues that can compete for national titles, that's a conversation that that they might have. Um, I don't know how to how to you know, align with Title IX and our budgets, and maybe trim back a couple of things in some other places so we can continue to offer a championship experience for this. One yeah, game. I mean, look, I, I think there's some some anxiety at least especially at that level about championship access that's kind of the, the one thing that really has not been, been formalized there's been debate about that that's the real kind of sticking point i think for, for a lot of folks uh you know out there at beyond the power five level would be championship access and, and ultimately revenue sharing um you know, and, and i think there's we're obviously in the early phases of, of that and where that that's probably where the most anxiety you know last you know look things like scholarship things that yeah you know the alabamas of the world are, are going to do that but you know i had somebody point it you know put it to me uh today you know it's like uh utah state you know has, has always had a smaller budget than utah and you know cal state uh, fullerton has always had a smaller budget uh than, than uc uh berkeley so it's like those things are not never going to change and uh I think there's some some angst about uh, maybe some of the dollar figures being thrown out, but uh, you know the, the pecking order in, in college athletics. There's still a baseline level, and uh, you know schools that have always been kind of playing uh, on an unfair playing level uh, compared to some of their bigger resource peers, and and that probably is not going to change. But what can change is that experience for for the athletes themselves, and I think that's what um, you know, some of these changes are, are designed to really assist for and, and ultimately move towards. Um. A lot of the, uh, you're absolutely right that like that kind of class stratification is not going to change. By God, a bunch of other things are going to change. I'll let you get back to us. You can keep poking and bugging people while you're out there to find out what those changes are going to be like. I'm sure I'll be catching up with you more later this week. Um, 
there's been a couple of, of stories that I'm pretty proud of already up there on extra points. We had uh, some conference realignment updates concerning Chicago State, uh, Incarnate Word potentially going back to the Southland Conference and what that means for the WAC and potentially some kind of WAC ASUN, maybe special musical guest Southland FBS experience. Uh, you can find all of that on there along with uh, a, a deeper analysis of what the NIL market is actually looking like uh, at the moment. We have a couple other stories and some, uh, very, I, I, I think, really interesting videos on collegiate sports connect that are coming up soon as well brian thank you so much for uh taking some time here and i'm serious about this uh if you find out you find the jacket guy let's let's go shake down the jacket guy so when next time we do a radio row thing right i'm thinking maybe maybe navy maybe like a navy and white kind of plaid something really loud but also you know maybe like a night late 1960 cbs kind of look um uh you know if we got to go for a dumber shade of blue I'm, I'm okay with that too um if you make coats Matt at SB, uh, not SB Nation. Matt at extrapointsmb.com. Um, let's talk. Well, I mean, I think we need to aim higher. Uh, you know, look, I've been uh, seeing the, the bull reps out there. You know, maybe maybe there might be some sponsorship opportunities. I'm have to make a, a call to the uh, the Louisville home office. Uh, you know, see what's uh, what's left in the budget, and uh, you know, maybe we get the the extra points or the going for two uh, two bowl. Maybe we can go in with our, some of our, our our good friends at home field to do something like that, and then we can be official in terms of the, some of those jackets getting made. But uh, I, I will definitely ask around, my friend. Yeah, did, I don't. Did we talk about this before? That before I was purchased, I actually like made calls about that do you know how much it would cost to sponsor the new mexico bowl uh i'm gonna throw out 250k it's a little bit more than that but not that much more i was told that we could if we put down four hundred thousand dollars, we could potentially get a bowl like either new mexico bowl or, or something similar to that um you just have to i guess now after like the 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 duck commander bowl or whatever where the the espn got stiffed and with the last new mexico bowl sponsored by a company that didn't exist like now i guess you have to submit financials and you can't just crowdsource the whole thing but if a couple more of you guys subscribe to this newsletter that's not an impossible thing that we could do a home field slash d1 ticker bowl uh or extra points bowl um would I, if I said that part of the reason I made those phone calls was because of the jackets, I would I would not be lying to you. That is not the only reason I want to buy a bowl game. That is a reason. But I'll let you go. We can brainstorm our grift here a little bit later. If everyone else we is go. grifting, we should be doing this too. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch up with you later this week. Bye.